Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Thursday, and welcome to another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily Podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. Now, I'm guessing lots of you have downloaded this podcast in the hope that we have the interview with Jim White and David Sullivan, the West Ham co-owner. Well, I've got some bad news for you. We have. He spoke about the Hammers' current transfer strategy, including selling Grady Dean Garner this summer to West Brom. But first up, he gave us the latest on David Moyes after the manager and two players had tested positive for coronavirus before the whole city clash on Tuesday night. He has had a slight sore throat for a couple of days, but he just put it down to the fact he shouts a lot. He's a very much a hands-on manager and coach, and he's, he is on the training pitch screaming and shouting. And he just and he he said, look, I do get a sore throat occasionally, so I, did, I thought nothing of it, and it's it's just a minor sore throat. Hopefully, it gets no worse, and I think he has to self-isolate for ten days under the guidelines. Dian Garner will go all the way and fires in a wonderful goal. Grady Dian Garner showing why the West Ham players were so keen to keep him. It was a decision made because we have eight wingers. I mean, I've got agents offering me players all the time. And if they're wingers, I say, look, we've got too many wingers. We've got some wonderful wingers who are not in the team. Uh, Robert Snodgrass, Anderson's a fantastic player. Yamalenko, we've got more, unfortunately, we've just got a very unbalanced squad. We've now got the funds to buy a player or two. Unfortunately, at the moment, the players the manager wants, we can't get. And he will be spending 18 hours a day looking at tapes, trying to find players, you know. We've chased dreams the last two years and bought a pile of players who unfortunately haven't improved the club and maybe they will over the coming season because there's some damn good players I mean the reserve team we're putting out in in, in the Caribou Cup is a very very good team particularly in attacking but we're short of defenders I can't go and sign two or three players the manager doesn't want I could quite simply tomorrow go and buy two or three players and we'd have a civil war at West Ham because I don't pick the players because we have a manager as a manager not a coach if he was a coach I could do that, but that's not the way it works at West Ham. And Hammers fans, there will be more from that exclusive interview from the White and Jordan show with David Sullivan later on in the podcast, so stick around for that. Now, Crystal Palace wing Andrews Townsend was on TalkSport Breakfast with Laura Woods and Ali McCoist. He said the Palace players will continue to take the knee before matches, but also defended QPR's decision to bring to an end the pre-match gesture after director of football Les Ferdinand's powerful statement on Monday. QPR, the most diverse football club probably in the country. So, yeah, they didn't deserve the stick that they got. I think, unfortunately, now it's down to each individual club. Do they want to continue doing it or not? Obviously, I've spoke about the, the, the positives of doing it and it's such a small gesture. Yes, it is a token gesture, but um, token gestures can have a big effect on some people. So, 
especially Palace will continue doing it as long as possible and hopefully uh, many other clubs um, follow and, and, and continue to do the same so we can keep helping people um, as, 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 as much as possible. What I've learned in the past is football fans, fans that go to the stadium, have season tickets, are completely different people to your social media fans. So I'd hope that once fans are allowed back into the stadium, um, those people who are going to the game obviously understand why we're doing it and they're not behind a keyboard just wanting to write abuse for the sake of it. So I hope, I hope, I hope that there won't be any backlash once fans return to the stadium. And this is Andy Goldstein's Sports Bar with me, Andy Goldstein. And, of course, Perry Groves, who are looking back at some of the Carabao Cup action last night, including Leicester against Arsenal, that was on TalkSport, and Chelsea against Barnsley was on TalkSport too, don't you know? a goal made of persistence for Eddie Nketiah five in five in this competition for him now but more importantly that's a second goal for Arsenal that takes him through and a probable date with Liverpool Mikel a 2-0 victory against Leicester City a couple of goals tonight not the prettiest but job done yeah I think it was a really good performance um, with the amount of changes that we made in the lineup. With the amount of uh, young kids that we played, I am really pleased. Uh, the approach of the game was exactly what we demanded them to do, the way we, they competed, and, uh, and we got another win. Definitely seeing much better signs in terms of when they lose the ball, the amount of bodies that are back there to uh, to support the defence and, and not really being as open as they have been in the past and exposing the likes of David Luiz and Rob Holding. They had support. Of course, there was the odd chance for Leicester, but at no point did Leicester deserve really to get anything out of this game. Arsenal were by far the better side, and actually, with the not the chances, but the the uh, the moments they created in the match, they should have have been way ahead even in the first half. I felt Abraham sets Havertz away. Havertz goes around the goalkeeper, will sweep it home for his hat trick. Chelsea five, Barnsley nil. Kai Havertz gets a hat-trick and Tammy Abraham once again was the man that set him away. Perfect game for Kaya today because he's come here without hardly any training so I've had to throw him in because we have injuries in, in, in attacking areas and tonight was a great progression for him to play this game. His work rate, he helps Ross Barkley score his goal with a tackle back in midfield, well in the high area um, and then gets his three goals of good quality and there's only going to be more of that. Fleetwood 2, Everton 5 and in added time near the end of the game they've got another one and it was Nkuku whose little back heel helped to sort things out and the ball rammed into the back of the net Let's start with uh, Jordan Pickford's two mistakes as Everton beat Fleetwood by five goals to two. Richarlison scored two of them. Jordan Pickford, where do we start? And it was a lovely one as well. Crossfield pass, headed back inside the area. Fantastic overhead kick by Callum Camps. And the goalkeeper did get a hand to it. Pickford nearly kept it out but couldn't manage to do so. Honestly, a, an under-12 goalkeeper would be disappointed if he let that go in because it's come straight to him. And it's basically gone through him. Mm. And you should be... I think he's thinking in that one, what am I doing with the ball once I've got it? Wow. I think he's thinking ahead, you know, where my distribution's going to be. Because even if you get your technique right and you get your hands right, at least your two thumbs together, it doesn't go through you. And he's sort of patted it down. Everton with the players that they've signed, and I think with the managers they got and the money they're spending, that's doable, but not with Jordan Pickford in goal. I think he will cost them getting the top six. Now the Spurs boss, Jose Mourinho, has been speaking to the media ahead of the Europa League game with KF Shim, with KF Shikishi, the team from Macedonia. Anyway, he told TalkSport's James Sabunjo that Deli Ali will get his chance to perform in the game tonight. 
like every other player, performances are uh, are very important. He's coming. He has a chance to to play. It will be important for him to to perform. It will be important for him and for every other player when the squad becomes competitive in in many positions is important for every player that is on the pitch to to have an answer and to and to perform i always feel 99% of the responsibility is the player i have 1% me and my staff and the people that works with the players every day we have 1% of that responsibility is 99% belongs to them now, was David Beckham underrated? I haven't read the rest of this. I'm guessing it's something to do with Drive. Let me read. Uh, yeah. Well, that's what Adrian Durham and Darren Goff spoke about on Drive. I wonder what they said. Let's have a listen. Can this be the moment that Beckham delivers? He steps up. He hits it. Right footed. Yes! <laughs> David Beckham has scored. England have got the goal. And David Beckham is the saviour. England are going to the World Cup finals after all. Incredible, incredible. In football terms, there's not been many bigger than David Beckham, but let's have a look at him on the pitch. This fellow was a success, and I think I think he was world-class, and I also think he wouldn't look out of place in a Premier League all-time eleven. People do judge him harshly because of the showbiz life and all the distractions and the boot in the eye from Fergie and all that. But this was a guy who really delivered, but... In terms of football, I also think the my opinion of him changed the first time I saw him live. I watched him in a Champions League game for Manchester United and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. He had an aura about him. When he was on the ball, defenders were so scared to get too tight to him. Not because he was going to outdo him with pace or anything, but it didn't matter whether they were standing off him or getting close to him. It could deliver a ball. He could mm. deliver a ball. It didn't matter who was who was around. He could get that ball in. And it would always be with perfection as well. The amount of goals he scored from wide midfield as well, is, is, I think is quite mm. phenomenal. And this is Andrews Townsend once more discussing Palace's excellent start to the season. I think as players, you always try to find a way to convince yourself going into the game that, you've got an advantage on your opposition. On this occasion, we knew that Man United didn't play in the first game. We knew we'd already played a tough game, we'd, we'd won, so we knew we had that psychological adv- advantage. Whether it counted for something or not, I don't know, but we knew going into the game that maybe if we started fast, they may be a bit rusty, they may not be up to Premier League level, so we, we knew that if we started fast, we could catch them cold, and we did exactly that. Here's the cross from the far post towards Andros Townsend, who's coming in at the back post, and he sticks the ball past David De Gea. The back end of last season, the results kind of spurred us to focus more on pre-season and put more importance on our pre-season games, and I think that's what's helped us uh, come into the season flying, and yeah, like you said, we don't want to get carried away, but it's been a very good start, and hopefully we can keep it up. Back now to the West End corner, David Sullivan with Jim White. And he also went on to discuss the failings of the previous managerial regime at the club and lack of transfer activity at the London Stadium. All West End fans, we can't wait to hear this, can we? I mean, under the previous regime, the only two players I picked were Diop and Fabianski. And I bullied the manager Tatum because I liked both the players. All the other players, him and his director of football picked. And I regret, in a way, not stopping some of the signings, but you have to back the manager. But I cannot say for sure we're going to sign anybody. You know, as each day passes, I get more depressed. 
You know, there's no point saying otherwise. We are not Roman Abanovich. You know, we, we are not the owner of Abu Dhabi owns Man City. And even they have got some sense now in value and they won't overpay on what they value a player. And we'll go a little bit more. But you can't pay double what you value a player at. Because A, we haven't got the money. The club will go bankrupt. And we have to be sensible. I'm waiting for targets from the manager and we've got two or three bids in. Uh, unfortunately, the benchmark is very high and they're very hard to get those players. It's like saying you, someone's got to break the world record. All you can do is do your best. We have got limited funds, Jim. And if we had £400 million to spend and someone said, oh, you'll spend 10% of it, £40 million, on a 28-year-old centre-back from a Premier League club who will remain uh, nameless, at £40 million, you'd probably get the player out. But as 10% of your budget, it would make sense. But to spend your entire budget on a 28-year-old centre-back, one is struggling. And staying with West Ham, this was the reaction from Simon Jordan and Trevor Sinclair to that exclusive interview with David Sullivan. I said, prior to the Newcastle game, this is a must-win game. Because if you look at their fixture list, Arsenal have lost. They've got Wolves next, Leicester, Spurs, Manchester City, Liverpool. Their first points, and this is not being trying to make this a, a drama, their first points may be earned on the 7th of November against Fulham. Now, if you're thinking you're going to get out of that hole anytime quick, getting your first points at, at 7th of November, you're mistaken. challenge for me is that with the best one in the world, David's... David appointed Pellegrini. Yeah. David is very... And David Sullivan and David Gold are very well versed with which players they buy and which players they don't buy. They're very influential, even if they say they're not. They're very influential in the players that were acquired. So they can't position it as Pellegrini's mistakes. They have to position it as theirs. And if you make mistakes, then you have to pay the price for those mistakes. James Tarkovsky, um, we had David Sullivan on TalkSport today saying that they weren't going to spend £40 million on one player. Um, you must be quite He's glad. He's downgraded him, has he? <laughs> He's downgraded him financially, OK? That's interesting. The challenge for, for David, Gold and David Sullivan, is this is the market that you're operating in. And you can sit there, like we've all done at times, and I did it notoriously to my own detriment, and be King Canute and say, I'm going to command the Seagulls back. But the market price for centre-halves is 30 million quid, 35 million quid, 40 million quid. If Burnley say they want 50, they'll take 40. And you have to take a view. They brought in Gerald, they brought Bowen in as a forward in January. That was the position they identified. The position they need now is centre-half. If all their budget goes on one centre-half, that's what they have to do then, don't they? Now, on Tuesday afternoon, Joffrey Arch had an excellent game for the Rajasthan Royals, where he smashed four sixes in an eight-ball innings of 27 not out. I don't even know what any of that means. Anyway, England cricket legend Darren Goff does, and he gave his reason why England haven't seen the best of Archer with the bat just yet. When he plays for Sussex, he's played a few games, he gets runs, he can bat as well, he can strike a good ball. The talent is there. England have tried to bat him at eight. It's not really worked so far, because if you look at him in 11 tests, he's got 139 runs, a nice score of 30, and he averages just under nine. I mean... I mean, I was 13 and I underachieved massively, right, at 13. But he's achieving, really underachieving at eight. In one day cricket for England, he's averaging under seven. So that tells you, but if if you look at the stats, you'd say, well, he can't bat, he's rubbish. Now, you all have to look at that short innings yesterday where he hits four sixes, hits them out of the ground, two good pull shots to the leg side and two straight down the ground. The talent he's got, he can strike a cricket ball. This kid can play. We know he can bowl 90 miles an hour, but he can also bat. He's just got to find himself, 
find himself and transform it into test cricket because those averages are not good enough. But one day cricket, playing in a different country, playing for the Rajasthan Royals, playing in the IPL, over in Abu Dhabi, Abu Dhabi or Dubai or Sharjah, whichever it may be, stadium he was playing at, it gives him a freedom to express himself without the power of the English media, I would say. That is a big factor in this. No pressure. And there will be extended coverage of the IPL today from 3pm on TalkSport 2 as the King's XI take on the Royal Challengers. I think that's a boat race. Anyway, back now to Andros Townsend on breakfast and why Crystal Palace players listen to the Wenger boys after winning and also recalling a TalkSport commentator, it was Alex Cook by the way, putting him off as he went up to take a penalty the other week. Up now comes Talk Sports' very own Andros Townsend. He has a bit of history in this competition. Missed from the spot against Colchester 13 months ago. Can he banish those demons against Asmir Begovic? We had uh, Bournemouth last Tuesday and it went to a penalty shootout. And as I'm walking up to take mine, all you can hear was, and it's Talk Sports' very own Andros Townsend <laughs> to step up. <laughs> Did you actually hear Just it? Because it was empty. about to take the penalty. No. I it, uh, do you know what I want? I need to ask this question. Clearly, that must put added pressure on you. Being talk sports, Andros. <laughs> but it's into the corner. Nerveless again, as far as Andros Townsend is concerned. And it's 3 3. Well, as you know, we work hard during the week. We're under a lot of pressure, under a lot of scrutiny. So when you do win, it is a massive, massive relief and you just want to enjoy it with some uh, some pop classics and where better to start than the Venger Boys. <laughs> is this really what you play? This is what we play, yeah. Amazing. Who picked this? Originally, I have to admit, originally it was me for a bit of banter um, after we'd had a tough run and we won. Originally it was me, but ever since then it's just it's just there. It's just part of it's Crystal a thing Palace. Now. It's just a thing now, yeah. And we finish, of course, with my show, Annie Goldstein Sports One, Monday to Thursday from 10pm, doing what we do best, and that's just cheering up the world. By the way, um, 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 Terry? Jerry. Jerry. I, you know, I, I, I think you were very, very underrated for Arsenal. I think you, you were, a, you were a good player in your time. Oh, Jerry, time. Jerry, you talking yes, about? Was, you know, yeah. I, yes. I think you're probably in the minority of one. I reckon. No, I think you'd be <laughs> no, I think Jerry, come on. I, I thought you were a great winger. I really was. Yourself, Paul Merson. Oh, Merson. You guys were good. Yeah, he didn't have a long throw though. Who was yeah. better? Who was better, Jerry Groves or Paul Merson? I would say uh, for hard work, it was uh, Jerry. For more skill, I think it was Mason. That's fair. Mason, OK. Yeah, I'll give it that. All right. That's fair enough. Any other, name another winger you had there at Arsenal. Anders Limpar. What about Limpar or Jerry Groves? I love Jerry every day because yeah, Limpar played for the scum, didn't he? Do you think if you were yeah. out in the street and you saw Jerry Groves, you'd recognise him now? 100%, yes. Mm. What would you say to him, first thing? Walking across the road, you can see him the other side of the road. What would you shout? I, w- I would say, you are right, Guna. You are right, Jezza! No, but you got to shout across the road to get his attention. First, would you shout his first name? Uh, yes, I Come would. On, yeah. Show me how you do it. Show me how you do it. Uh, I would say, "Yo, Jerry, how are you, bro? How you doing?" For another podcasty thing, a reminder the football continues live on Talk Sport as you can hear Lincoln beat Liverpool tonight at 7.45 in the third round of the Caribou Cup. That's it. I'm back tonight from 10 pm alongside the fun boy, 
for another Andy Goldstein Sports Bar. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein Talksport Daily podcasts out first thing tomorrow morning. So make sure you do what you do to get that. In the meantime, have a great day. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talk Sport.